1: dangling after dark with dick dangle episode 462 is a full interview episode with the award winning performer the amazing ariel demure
0: warning this show is only for adults who like sex sex. does your dick hang no does it dangle and fro. Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? <laughs> Don't worry, Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covent Nation. Here he is, Dick Jangle, Dick Jangle.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 462 of *Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and I hope that this message and this episode find you doing well, taking care of yourself, and living the best life that you possibly can. As you heard, I do not have a guest host for this episode, which can only mean one thing. I have a full episode interview, and this one is a good one. I have an interview with the beautiful Ariel Demure. Thank you so much to Eric Icon of The Rub PR for the opportunity to speak with her. I have really been lucky with the guests that I have had uh, for quite a while, but definitely recently because they have really brought the energy and they have brought the personality and the fun. And they're really showing themselves in a quality light and really letting me into who they are as a person and kind of getting a little bit behind the curtain of what the adult industry is. Ariel was so much fun when I started doing research on her I could tell that she just had this wonderful personality and was going to be a great interview and I was not wrong her work is fantastic Some could say it is award-winning because she has won a lot of awards, which we get into in the interview, but we also get into so many other things, a lot of things with how she handles the industry, things in her personal life, uh, her beverage of choice, and all of it is done with this strong and sensuous personality that her fans are definitely going to enjoy and are drawn to. And it was actually a lot of fun because when we were getting ready to do the interview, she was messaging me and I was just kind of joking back and forth with her. And we ended up having a fun discussion before we even got the interview underway, which is always nice. It lets me know that the interview is going to be a good one. So all I can really say is check out her award-winning work. It is definitely worth it. If you have the opportunity to see her at a convention, let her know that you heard this episode, or if you're hearing it now, you can let her know on Twitter and Instagram, but make sure you seek her out at conventions and just really support her and all adult content creators because they are making the material that you enjoy so much. So without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Ariel Demure. Thank you one and all for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves and each other. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like Ariel Demure and all of the incredible performers that you have heard on this show Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. And of course, dangle on. My guest is nothing short of a showstopper and a scene stealer. She has worked for Groovy, Adult Time, Evil Angel, Trans Angels, Gender X, and many more, delivering stunning scenes every time. Her popularity and body of work have led to more than a dozen major award nominations and three recent wins between the AVN and T Awards. There's not much more that you can ask of her, but she will exceed anything that you can dream up. She is the phenomenal Ariel Demure. How are you doing today? I'm tremendous, thank you for asking. (laughs) Before we get started, can you please tell everybody where they could find you online and on social media? Luckily
2: enough, I cornered the market of Ariel Demure branding, and that's it across the board. It's Ariel Demure on everything, plain and simple. How lucky are you? Yeah, got very lucky there. And thank God there's only like one other Ariel Demure in the world, I think. Mm. Or no, no, I don't even think there is. My old name a million years ago, which we don't have to go into, that one uh, was taken. So thank God we changed it. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there is so much to get into, but let's start with the beginning of the year. Congratulations on your two AVN awards.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy with my scrap metal. Yeah, I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, for those listening, uh, the two categories that you wanted were best thespian for trans acts for under her wing from Transfixed. And... Right. Because
2: actors are not allowed to um, be actors. We have to be thespians when you're trans.
1: <laughs> I, I kind of dig it, though
2: it's cute and i appreciate it and i love it i do just wish you know it would have been like actor because i've been asked innumerable times okay thespian is that some sort of like trans lesbian like they truly just don't even know what that word means
1: that's embarrassing
2: no one went to theater college so (laughs) that word is not in their
1: vernacular well well it is now that's embarrassing (laughs) And the other category is best trans one-on-one sex scene for you and Jade Venus for Evil Angels. Jade and Ariel sealed with a cum kiss.
2: That was fabulous. Yes, that we were very, very excited about as well.
1: You have really taken over the industry in a few short years. How do you keep a level head after garnering all of this attention so quickly?
2: Um, so my entire life, I'm very fortunate to have had the upbringing that I was bestowed, but I've always kind of lived with the knowledge that I am the funny, silly, goofy old lady friend, and I have only looked like this for the past like couple years, so it's all very new to me to even get the attention that I currently am garnering. I've always been very comfortable been uh playing like second fiddle to my friends and lifting them up and being their sidekick. So at the end of the day, I always just remind myself that, you know, in the blink of the an eye, you could just go right back to that. So don't don't forget, you know. Also, the name that I used to have years ago when I first started performing was Live Demure was my name. And that is currently taken by some French bitch over yonder i think she's in the uk but um i chose that name for myself because i believe no matter who you become or where you go in life you should always be humble and uh you know no one likes it you know uh, you always hear don't meet your heroes and i have met my heroes quite a few times and uh have been disappointed you know my fair share so i just remind myself don't be that bitch don't be that person you know
1: both of your AVN wins were for different aspects of the industry, performing and acting. Do you take pride in one more than the other? <sighs> Shit.
2: um, No. Honestly, no. I am always so, like, taken aback when people enjoy my performances in a sexual context. I always love to hear, you know, people are turned on by what I do on camera in regards to sexual performance, because I come from a sex work background. I was an escort. I've been an escort for over 12 years now. And um, I know how to make sex feel good, but learning how to make it look good was a completely different learning curve. So that feels great. I It's very rewarding to hear like, wow, that was really awesome. I just did an angle not too long ago in one of my scenes that was specifically requested by one of my fans and it was a game changer. It's like one of my favorite uh, fucking scissoring things I've ever done with a uh, on camera. It's gorgeous. It looks beautiful aesthetically. It's it's stunning. And it was just a suggestion from a fucking fan. And uh, the acting, my entire life, my mentors growing up were like you need to get in theater you need to get in theater and i had no interest because those fuckers irritated me i didn't like the people in theater they were super fucking annoying and um very uppity and i had no interest in pursuing that so my first couple scenes the acting was really really bad and every time i've just been like okay i don't want to embarrass myself so let me just try and improve and i think i have and i'm very Uh, honored that people like my acting it's super weird because it's never something I actually thought of pursuing
1: does it make you want to chase that uh, thespian dragon if you will
2: kind of honestly yes um we have I'm in the process of working on a couple different things which are really exciting and um yeah, who, who knows where they'll end up going or if they're even going to see the light of day. But I'm excited to see where they go. And, um, yeah, in the future, I'm absolutely open to that kind of stuff because it's, it's one more aspect of creating art. I like expressing myself artistically, and it's just one more uh, modality of doing so.
1: Mm-hmm. You also won Best Hardcore Performer from the T awards. And once again, congratulations on that. Do you actually have speeches prepared for this stuff or do you go Absolutely. up there?
2: No. I, I hate to say this. This is super embarrassing. I was going to leave the award show. Like after the third award, um, I had made the costumes for my two friends that I went with, Tori Easton and Jade, um, Venus And uh, leading up to that night, you know, I was just it was a lot of work and getting them ready, getting myself ready and then getting all my outfits because I wore a lot of vintage this award season and uh, sourcing all the different pieces and the jewelry and the hats and the shoes. And um, I was working before that. It was just a whole lot. And I was physically and emotionally exhausted. And then also all the partying that goes along with the award season. So I was tired. I was barely even cognizant at the beginning of the show. And um, when the individual who won Black Tea Girl, that category, when she got up on stage and did her speech, I was just like, okay, well, that makes me feel a lot better. This is a very sweet and endearing time. for a lot of these performers and I want to see them do well. I want to see the people who deserve these awards get them because I was only nominated for like two awards and this is going to come out wrong too but uh, people like me typically don't win Performer of the Year in my mind so it was very... I was so fucking shocked. That's why I just wanted to get off stage. I wanted to get up there and get my trophy and get off stage because I wasn't prepared for it. It was the same thing last year. Last year, I won one-on-one with Johnny B for a scene that I had never even watched. I had never even seen the scene. I'd seen clips on Twitter, but I just watched it for the first time. I think it was the day before yesterday. and I was like, oh shit, that's why it won. This is actually pretty good. I like this. <laughs> it was very artistic. It was a Ricky Greenwood scene and he's a very good director and- It was really beautifully shot and I got along really well with my scene partner. So winning that was bonkers. That was insanity. And thank God, I actually, it was a, it was a tied win with Emma Rose, someone who I knew was going to win the award. That was not shocking. She already won the AVN and um, XBIZ award for performer of the year. So that was no, no surprise. But the fact that it was a tie as far as, I've been told that's relatively unprecedented with the tease. So that was really cool. And thank God she saved the day with her speech because she was able to speak to light something that kind of the reason why I sort of wanted to leave the the fact that the. Uh, black trans women are so underrepresented in our industry, and it's just it's it's insanity because they make up such a huge demographic of porn consumed in this industry. They're a huge demographic that uh, speaks to a very broad spectrum of people, and for them to only get like a couple categories, and then their pictures weren't even shown. It, it was just like it was obviously not intended to come off as offensive. It was not intended to be that way, but. People like me and Emma saw that and we were just kind of like, that's that's sort of annoying. Like, we appreciate the night. We appreciate the award. We appreciate the attention. We appreciate the accolades. We're just happy to be doing what we're doing. We love what we do, and we're so grateful to be in this industry. But she was able to just oh, – so she's so fucking quick. She's so good. She's so eloquent and well-spoken. And she immediately just snapped on that, spoke it into light. I was shit-faced, so then I ended up <laughs> talking over her and making an ass of myself. But – I was so glad she said that because it it rubbed me the wrong way, honestly. And I love Stephen Gruby. I adore him. I adore him. I adore him. I adore him. He's a terrific person. And I'm so grateful for him to even have Black Tea Girls as a site that he specifically allocates an entire website just to honoring and lifting up women of color in the industry and just highlighting them. That's terrific. And the way that he's able to take them from that site and include them in the mainstream sites, that's awesome too. Obviously, we shouldn't even have to allocate, but I like that you are able to specifically search that and find a site specifically for that if it's what you want to view. But yeah, um, that was awesome. So I was certainly not prepared. And I think that was very, very audible Mm -hmm. to the audience, very visually obvious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I may, when it comes to the award shows, You are an absolute jaw dropper with your fashion. Uh, Don't
2: just go on.
1: (laughs) Well, I will because I was like at the red carpet for the AVN awards. And when you walked by in what I will describe as an assless green dress, that was phenomenal. It's a butt window.
2: (laughs) That's what I was told it was called. It's called a butt window. I
1: like that. The people that were standing there, who weren't sure what was going on because they were just staying at the hotel were losing their minds. And I yes. specifically remember a woman standing to my right. And when you walked by and where I was standing was towards the front of the line. So uh, or the beginning of the line. So you walked past us right. pretty quick.
2: Basically right in the casino.
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, when you walk past, there were so many people like, I can't believe that dress. And the woman to my right goes, if I had a body like that, I'd wear one, too. (laughs) Like, damn straight. It's an investment.
2: Um, Yeah, I am a drag queen at heart in a lot of ways. I was raised by very incredible Drag performers, a lot of trans women who also did drag. I look up to a lot of trans women who started in drag and still continue to do drag. And that that dress is not an, an original. I made it. Yes, I sewed that dress. I drafted the pattern. I stoned it myself. I came up with the concept. Wow. But it's not... an an original idea in burlesque for, you know, a hundred years, butt windows were super fucking chic. You know, everyone loved a butt window back then. It's, it's the art of the reveal. You know, you turn around in a dress like that. You see your, someone's butthole hanging out. You, you go, oh my gosh. And that's the point, you know, but people don't really, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I love performance and that's a very performative dress. It's just a part of my repertoire, a fashion,
1: you know? Do you think that having that history of burlesque performance, drag performance, the art of the tease, has translated into your adult filming? Because that is something I appreciate: is that take it slow. Absolutely. Ooh, good note. Absolutely. Take it slow.
2: It, that's another thing that I learned and it carries over to so many different facets of life is just slow it down. It might feel painfully slow to you, but it looks great. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I'm very fortunate to have the background that I do because I have been able to. I uh, I was a makeup artist for nine years and I stopped because It was something I loved doing, but I feel like as an artist, you should be able to contribute something to the conversation that makes your art unique. I did not feel that I had a creative vision in makeup artistry that was particularly all that unique. I do think that if I was presented like five different looks and one of them was mine, I could definitely pick it out of a lineup because I do have a certain style. But with porn, I have a very specific reference I have a very specific point of view and uh, I definitely contribute to the conversation of what is a trans performer, you know, what, what could that look like? And it is absolutely the, my theatrical sort of background without actually having theater as a, as a reference. Uh, but yeah, I always try and make sure that I'm paying homage to the people who've made it possible for me to be here today. Um, the under her wing the film that i won fesbian performer of the year for my character i had decided because it was very narrative based so i didn't want to look like an idiot with like this very elaborate script and i had nothing to bring to the table i had decided that i wanted to really channel a uh, trans drag queen from the um well she she started in the 60s and then she went into the 70s and i want to say she died in like 91, if I'm not mistaken. Her name was International Crisis, and she was actually a muse to Salvador Dali. She's an incredible, enigmatic, ethereal, thought-provoking, fucking intellectual woman. And uh, there's a great documentary about her on, on YouTube that you can watch. And there's like some little clips of her performing from back then. But she was just a, an enigma. Truly, that's the best way that you can describe her. And I and I wanted to create a character that was like, what if she had continued to live and she got her own cabaret? What would what would she be up to? How would she how would she be? What would she project herself to be? And that was kind of like my little spin on it. I was I put my stank on the character.
1: (laughs) I like that. And I will definitely check out that documentary for sure. Oh, she's incredible. I highly recommend it. Everyone should. When it comes to your scenes, you play an array of characters. In transfixed, Bride and Joy, it's mm. passionate and connected. In Adult Times, uh, Work Out the Kinks, it's fun and playful, and the trailer is spectacular. In Devil's Films, it's a trans sandwich and I'm the meat. It's high energy <laughs> and erotic. Right. You can truly do it all. Do you have a style of scene that you wish you had more of a chance to do? Oh, goodness.
2: Well, I never got to play the collegiate. I never got to be the stepdaughter. I literally went, st- th- my first scene ever, I was some sort of, I don't even know what I was. It was like a landlord or something. And then I went straight to stepmom. It would have been fun just to like see what that would feel like to be someone's stepdaughter. But, you know, whatever. I, pr- I play the mom part well. So I lean into it. <laughs> it's, it's art reflecting life. I'm everybody's mother, so it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you wish you had more of a chance to show the uh, sarcastic, humorous part of your personality? Because I think a lot of people in the industry tend to gravitate towards the more... Dumb well, that or the more serious.
2: True. That is true. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the heavy narrative, very intense scenes that porn is sort of leaning into lately a lot of what ricky greenwood does fucking um casey the untold story that was incredible you know um that's great and all i'm fortunate enough that i've worked with jim powers in particular a lot of the times he will pick me for very specific roles or when he writes an actual script he'll have me in mind when he's writing my part and he'll add in some silly little, you know, quips that he thinks are accurate to how I would speak. But um, yeah, I, I'm fortunate that they do give me those roles on occasion and I'm grateful for those. But, you know, I also love doing oopsies where I just get to be an absolute idiot right. <laughs> and, and the the silly faces and the silly scenarios that make no sense. I, I do enjoy doing those a lot. And and I get to work with Stella Smut a lot on those as well. And they are just batshit and And that's also very fun but yeah i I do wish I could play a little bit more of me, me I suppose, but I think uh it's important to separate the the art from the artist, and um i it's about your acting at the end of the day. Man. porn isn't real i don't i i don't i hope you, I'm sorry, all right, I'll go it's if
1: this fine. interview <laughs> is over,
2: <laughs> I'll go it's fine
1: next you're gonna tell me there's no Santa Claus.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i've
2: met him it's fine oh so he, he, he's in yeah, every he like in half America. my rent it's cool <laughs> <laughs> he lives in connecticut
1: right yeah. that's a little further south than i thought it was but that's <laughs> You've had the opportunity to work with some heavy hitters in the industry: Anna Fox, Anna Claire, Clouds, Emma Rose, Kenneth James, Dante Cole. What type of performer do you gravitate to? Is it more about energy, personality, chemistry?
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Those, the latter, the three. I just did a scene. Yes, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday with Chloe. Uh, oh fuck! Oh shit! Uh, Uh, not chloe k uh okay i'm drunk so excuse me but um
1: (laughs) chloe temple
2: now i'm blanking no it starts with a k it's it's chloe 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 capri thank you yes i just did a scene with chloe capri yesterday and we were just vibing on camera off camera we were having a great fucking time um we have very similar sense of humor that the scene was over in two and a half hours we showed up, we, we did the damn thing, and Joey Silvera shot it, and he was just like, that was, that was magic. That was fucking incredible. And I'm like, thank you. Keep booking me with fucking normal people who actually don't hate their job. And <laughs> that is exactly what we're going to get. Because people get into porn for all different kinds of reasons. You know, Some people are trying to prove something. I think um, they're trying to prove that they are sexy, that they are erotic uh, sexual beings. They're trying to prove that they are attractive. They're trying to prove that they're not a victim anymore and they're not a uh, you can't bully me. I'm not I'm not that fat kid anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's that's fine. As long as you're focusing on yourself and you're not doing things for external. What's the word? External uh, validation. But um, personally, I just, I I liked makeup. You know, I was a very good makeup artist. I was fine. But I just, it wasn't filling up my tank. Every single time I would focus on my career in the vanilla world, I would do sex work on the side just because I'd be so bored and I'd miss it. I would miss it so much. And I'm so fortunate now that I'm able to do different kinds of, adult work in different capacities. And I don't get burnt out because I'm able to say, okay, I'm going to do this now. And then I'll do this and then I'll do this, but it's all sex work and it's all so fulfilling. It's so rewarding for me. And those are the kinds of people I like working for people who are, they do what they love and you don't have to work a day in your life when you do it like that. So Chloe Capri was incredible. Um, who else? Oh, Anna Fox, uh, another, a heavy hitter, but someone who obviously does what they do because a they're good at it, and b they love it. She's such a fucking delight. It's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm very fortunate that thank God the directors that I work with most know the kind of people I like to work with, and that is what they prioritize. Mm-hmm. Cause I've worked with some duds too,
1: but we won't <laughs> leave me out of this. <laughs> How do you develop any semblance of sexual chemistry when you may be meeting the person for the first time before? Oh, almost all,
2: every time. Yeah. Except for Dante Cole. I've worked with him like four times now, but, um, what's it call it? So for me, because I come from stripping and escorting, I'm very fortunate that, and I started when I was 18, um, that's just kind of how my coming out into the real world happened. I have a very specific lens and view of the world and, um, I love making things happen. I like bringing fantasies to life with my clients. I love um, arranging three ways and stuff with like my friends. If I'm fucking a guy or I'm fucking someone and I feel like, okay, a three way might be fun. I love picking out from like my little gaggle of gals and making it happen because I know that's going to really do it for them and they're going to be so grateful or whatever. And I, and that, that fills up my tank. That makes me feel great that I'm able to make that happen. So I love going on to set. And if someone is a little bit, you know, to themselves and timid and, and shy, I love making them feel comfortable and see them be able to, like, open up that communication and, and get comfortable with me. That makes me feel so good. And I think it makes them feel comfortable as well. So we can have a lot more of a genuine exchange, more chemistry on camera. Yeah, I've said it already, but I'm fortunate that a lot of the people I've worked with as of late, that's been the case. We've been able to just vibe and have a good time and make solid fucking content and, and make art.
1: When you start to work with people and you gain a reputation, your reputation kind of precedes you a bit. But with you, you have really worked this industry into a lather because there are a lot of people that will tweet on your timeline or tweet to you about the amazing scenes that you have done or uh, case in point arson lee uh, a little while ago said i can't wait to kiss ariel demure's beautiful face now i would imagine a post like this gives you the warm and fuzzy feelings does that help you in anticipation of what is going to happen
2: Absolutely, because it's all about give and take. Ultimately, if you're going to be having sex, no matter how much you compartmentalize, it's still an intimate exchange in some capacity. And uh, for me, not everyone is like this, but for me, I love having that genuine sort of adoration and um, I obviously felt the same way. I'm kind of more of an in-person person. I've had to really work hard at being better at social media and posting and, you know, and interacting with people. But um, that just, oh, it tickles me. It, it brings me joy. I, I get all warm and fuzzy when people do that because it, it means I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm doing it right in my mind.
1: For sure, and I will make sure that when I tweet about this interview, that I will give you all the the warm and fuzzies.
2: Oh, thank you, so <laughs> kind, so generous.
1: When it comes to your physical media, you are on over twenty DVD covers. Are you a collector of anything profession related, be it DVDs or items from scenes that you've done or promotional items? Do you keep any of that kind of stuff? if you're giving me an outfit and you're just going to
2: throw it away because it was $10 off sheen, you better believe I'm going to take it home with me. (laughs) But if it's cute and, uh, weirdly enough, I, I don't have any of my DVDs. I sold some at the, uh, the conferences that just passed, but I'm my friend, Jade Venus actually has all of them in a closet somewhere. Uh, the only thing I save from every single award show is the wristbands. It's just easy. So I keep the wristbands from every show I do.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah. Recently, you were on Hanging with Nathan, and that is Nathan.
2: Oh, that was the podcast. second podcast nice. I did. I forgot. Uh-huh. I was trying to think of the second one. Yes.
1: <laughs> and uh, that is on YouTube if people want to check it out. Uh, he was cooking a meal while you were discussing the industry. And you talk about having those moments where – A little moment or thing before the scene can change your mindset for the shoot like a director saying something or the energy of your scene partner being a little off how do you get that quality performer headspace back when that happens
2: well it's tough and you know what it's the same thing with comedy it's the same thing with you know, performing live. You're supposed to make mistakes and you're going to have bad days and you're going to have dud scenes and and it is what it is. And you learn more from making mistakes than you do from doing things right. So that's totally okay. It's about just being cognizant and aware of your body. For me, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. So if a director, or not a director, like a photographer, let's say, says something that they don't mean in a derogatory way, but just rubs you the wrong way. And now you're just like in your head about that kind of stuff. You really do just have to put it in a box, put it to the side. I'll deal with that later. And then address it. You say, why does that, why am I feeling that kind of way? Why did that offend me? Why did that upset me? And just take it for what it is, you know, move forward If you need to address it, you address it later. I like to, if something happens on set that does rub me the wrong way, I try and always wait a day to respond to it because I want to make sure I am not internalizing something in a negative way that really wasn't intended it. If it is an actual toxic behavior, I address it and I address it quickly. But I do wait at least a day in order to do so because I want to make sure, A, I'm not reacting too um, abruptly. And I end up saying something that I really don't mean, or I tend to. Uh, I, I'm a little on the um, sharp side with my words at times, and I've had to work on that uh, throughout my life. I can be very uh, not nice, and <laughs> it's not something <laughs> I'm proud of. But I am quite good at it, <laughs> and uh, and I don't want to do that because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. If I am hurt, I want to make sure that if my feelings are hurt, and it is valid, I am being mature about the situation and not making a dick of myself.
1: Being good with words and sharp with them at the same time, there are certain lanes of this industry that can make you an amazing amount of money. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. It, that's funny. That's very funny. Um, I've always been more of a dom in my uh, professional career and it's only been recent that I've been feeling more comfortable with myself to do more submissive work. But my whole life people are like, oh, you should just like straight up be a dom. You should fin dom. You should just verbally beat the shit out of people. And uh, I I don't like being not mean. I don't like, you know, yeah. so it, that was always very weird. I had done it a few times over, you know, the span of 12 years. And I always left it feeling like, Ooh, that yikes. Yeah. I feel weird about that now. I don't, I, cause it is acting. It's not real, but I don't know. I don't like, I don't really enjoy doing that. I like, I like making people feel good. So they feel good by being made to feel bad. And it, it, it it's just not my favorite. Honestly, I do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not It's not one of my favorite things I do, yeah.
1: you know? Yeah, I feel that. Another topic that you touch on, you did with this quote, the shit that looks good, the best on camera feels like shit. Now, let (laughs) let, let,
2: me ask, do you feel how well spoken? Was that Shakespeare? Oh, just (laughs) just exquisite. Wow. I wonder how many Bud Lights I had before I said (laughs) that.
1: We'll get to that in a minute. Do you think that normal positions and visibly or visually obtainable positions will ever become a porn norm, or will it just continue with more uncomfortable? Like, what type of scene would you, or position, would you like to see normalized? Ooh, that's a great question.
2: Um, Well, here's the thing. So, porn is always changing. We know that OnlyFans is really just... Really changing the way people view porn and look at porn performers and, you know, how they consume it. POV is super popular right now. Amateur is really popular right now. The thing about it is I don't know why. And I get that it's real and that's super, you know, erotic to people, but you can't see anything, So I just belong to a school of thought of like, okay, yeah, missionary is probably one of my favorite positions because I can look my partner in the face. I can like see everything going in and out. You know, it's fabulous, but it doesn't translate well on camera. That's why I wish I had an elbow in my penis, because I'm generally fucking at a 90 degree angle anyways. (laughs) It's impossible to, to do for an extended period of time for me anyways. I'm not a fucking, you know. Jesus, I don't even, <laughs> ugh, I don't know any great male performers uh, off the top of my head right now that are, you know, super great at that. But anyway, oh, God, positions, I wish that would be normalized. I don't know. Or is there anything that isn't normal? Are Is there anything that's abnormal in porn to see position-wise? I, I can't really think of anything off the top
1: of my head. I actually think like a sitting cowgirl is one because like where the woman love it. the guy.
2: Yeah. It, it depends on the, the, um, surface you're sitting on. If it was, yeah, because a sitting cowgirl is a beautiful one because it's very intimate and you can see penetration with that. But what do you do with your feet? You know, are you, are you like actually sitting, I guess if you're sitting on a chair or a couch or something and then they're riding you. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I just had to do that one uh, day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just did that. Ooh, with Cherry Kiss, fabulous! She was amazing. Nice, uh, uh, Serbian, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous gal. Um, yeah, we did a, a sitting cowgirl, and that it, I felt fabulous. It felt great. It looked awesome. They showed me what it looked like in the in the viewfinder. It was that was a great one, but. I can't really think of anything that's abnormal to do in porn. All that I know is things that look really good involve really opening up to the camera, and that is what is difficult a lot of the time.
1: Now, one thing that I really enjoy when it comes to interviews is going through people's social media and asking them questions about posts that they have made.
2: <laughs> well, I haven't even made any, so it's fine. I've got like what, what ten? It's
1: good. <laughs> well, I went back. Uh, oh, on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter in January Oops. to January. Okay, so. I've got some of those. <laughs> Are you willing to answer a couple of questions? Absolutely. Let it rip. All right. Well, first, let me say this: uh, every once in a while, you will post a uh, a tweet from no context Liza Manelli, and it's fabulous. Uh- Oh my God, I love that woman so fucking much.
2: She's incredible. Have you ever seen A Sterile Cuckoo? Mm-mm. Oof, made me cry. So good. I think it was her first major film she ever did. Okay. She was really young. It was right after or before her mother died. Can't remember. Judy Garland, of course. Yeah. But no, love that account. Also, love Liza Minnelli Outlives. They're incredible. It's just a account dedicated to all the things Liza Minnelli has outlived. (laughs) So she's outlived. What is it? Um, Oh, goodness. I can't think of a good one right now, but it's random shit. It's never like it's generally never people that she outlives unless they're like really bad people. But it's just topical things like Liza Minnelli has outlived the McRib, you know, (laughs) things like that. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's wonderful and it, it it gives context to uh to to Liza you know she's uh how the hell is she still alive it's great we're very glad to have her yes we're so we're I like living in a world that Liza Minnelli is in it makes me happy yeah.
1: the first tweet I would like to ask you about it's mm-hmm. actually a few days ago you wrote First time being a student in a classroom in 10 years, a fun new chapter. Now, is it okay to discuss this fun new chapter?
2: We're really not there yet. I'm very excited to talk about it, Um, but we are still in the early stages, and it will be something I'm going to discuss soon publicly, but not quite yet yet. It's just a business course. I'm just taking a business course. It's just helping me um, get the verbiage that I need in order to really penetrate the business world and um, help me just have a better grasp of how shit works because there's a lot of nonsense that, believe it or not, the American school system, public school system, did not teach me. So, what? Yeah, I know. Isn't that bonkers? Yes. So yeah, I just gotta make up for lost time and and get some good connects.
1: All right, I'll I'll leave you. Give if that
2: you're to a good me. CPA, DM me on Twitter, based <laughs> in Vegas, ideally. Okay,
1: I may actually be able to help you with somebody with that.
2: Hell yeah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next tweet I would like to ask you about you wrote. Just for context, me and my kin have been drinking Bud Light since before it was cool, but I'm going to sit this one out. Thanks, Grandma, for raising me right. Now, in that post, you had three pictures and a video with you holding a Bud Light. First off, ooh. Second off is I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Is is this your main go-to adult beverage? Do you like any other adult? I go through
2: phases. I go through phases with alcohol. Bud Light is kind of just reliable. It's easy. It's at every single drinking establishment. This is not good. I'm not proud of this part. This is bad. And we're all aware it's bad now, but at the time it was very funny. Um, when I was probably like four or five, I, I grew up in like very rural Missouri for the first nine years of my life. I say I'm from South Florida because that's where I grew up. But the first nine years of my life, I was raised around my Caucasian family. I'm Colombian and Cuban and part Caucasian. And, uh, my Caucasian family was the Missouri part. It was just very normal for like everyone to be just like drinking in the living room, having a good time. And there's Plenty of home videos of me four, five, six years old, just walking around and seeing all the beers on the table and going, "Mm, "Yummy!" and just picking them up and sipping on them. Everyone goes, "Like, oh my goodness, isn't that darling? How funny!" (laughs) And uh, I've just always had a taste for it, you know. So I, I don't know. I just think it tastes good. But uh, besides that, you did not say that post with an Alabamian accent. And I find that to be a problem Uh, because that's how I wrote it. My grandmother decided when she moved to Alabama in her 50s that she was just going to talk like she was from Alabama. And um, I have a tendency to pick up accents on accident. So I, too, started speaking with an Alabamian accent when I lived there. It was very infectious.
1: I I feel that uh, I lived in Germany as a child uh, for a short amount of time, and when I would visit, I would start speaking English. Well, you get with the German song accent. of the language very easily.
2: Yeah. It's not even you're like it's like Lindsay Lohan. She didn't speak with a accent. She spoke with the song of the language, and it sounded like she was on drugs, which might have been, but
1: right.
2: <laughs> it, it just it sounds wrong in with English, and you're an
1: American. It just doesn't sound right. Yeah,
2: uh, no, I agree.
1: So what are the other beverages of choice?
2: Oh, I love a spicy margarita. I love a whiskey Coke. Um, That was also something my grandma quite enjoyed drinking. My grandma raised me a a very large amount. I'm also third generation sex worker. My grandma was a go-go dancer and a uh, bartender for many, many years in strip clubs. My mother was a cocktail waitress in a strip club. I was just the first one to ever actually strip. But yeah. What's it call it? Um, what else did we drink? White Russians for Christmas oh, every year. We do a White Russian for Christmas, and um, what else do we got? Oh, anything with uh, prosecco in it. Ooh. Love a uh, like um, a prosecco cocktail. A little bit of vodka, a little prosecco, maybe a, a liqueur of some sort thrown in for a little bit of whimsy. But I just like drinking. I can't do gin anymore. During COVID, I had too many French 75s and never again.
1: Oh, that gets, no the, the word gin gives me the shivers.
2: <laughs> well, because it
1: tastes clean.
2: You know, I right. feel like that's what pine salt would taste like if it, was a, if, if it was an alcohol. And that's why I liked it. But it's also now why I hate
1: it. Right. <laughs> the next tweet I would like to ask you about. You wrote, every time I see the word enthusiasm, my brain reads euthanasia. Uh, I'm not even sure why I bring that up.
2: I think that's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I think that speaks for itself, and you can read into it as much as you want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just, it's brilliant in its comedy and delivery, but it's you, it's a, just an interesting place inside. Oh, you know, I, um, yeah, that's
2: that's just where I'm at in my life. Right. So take it or leave it. <laughs>
1: Now, the next tweet I would like to ask you about I'm beginning to sense a trend you wrote i'm drunk and uh, well, <laughs> and then you uh you continued on and you wrote help so <laughs> well
2: I, I, the thing is is that when I wrote that, I was drunk, so it made <laughs> more sense and um it was also i think like 10 a.m. 9 a.m. Oh my! Maybe even early. I think I think it was around 9 a.m. Um, I had just done or gone to a party the night before, a, a erotic show of sorts um, that my friends were in, and um, we stayed up all night drinking, and then we kind of I ended up in a jacuzzi at some point, and um, yeah, I, I uh, it was when I said help. I also put a little sideways smirky face Correct. because I'm like, mm,
1: <laughs> hell. <laughs> so you know, my you question, understand. Oh, uh, 100%. Now my question is what kind of drunk are you? Are you friendly, flirty, angry?
2: Um, all of the above D <laughs> uh, I, it truly depends on the alcohol. Ooh, my signature cocktail as of late has been a glass of red wine with half of a blackberry white claw poured on top. That's been very fun for me. It's kind of like a wine cooler, but much more effective. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it totally depends. I've been feeling very creative lately when I've been drinking. I've historically had some really—when I used to do drag, I would be. it would be like a long road trip or a plane ride— and I would have a couple cocktails and then come up with like my best performance acts. I would hear, I would be listening to music and I would say, oh, it would be great in this outfit. And then I could wear this hair. And then I would choreograph it and it would all come together. My first ever performance was Merrill Bainbridge Garden in My Room. And I had taken this costume that I had seen Lady Gaga wear in this music video, AA Nothing Else I Can Say, that was like all yellow daisies. And I made a huge headpiece. It uh, was terrible, but it was a great idea. It was a great concept, and I'm very proud of it. And if I were to do it today, it would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like things like that, it just gets super elaborate sometimes when I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. A lot of my outfits, actually, I believe my um, burlesque costume that I wore to the AVN was inspired by a thought I had had while I was drinking. And I actually beat uh, that silhouette that I chose to uh, do on the red carpet, the sort of like very snatched sort of silhouette and then a big poofy sleeve all over the runway right now. Hmm. Very, very popular silhouette. You'll see it all over Instagram if you're into fashion. There's all these like huge billowy kind of not cocoon coats, like not 1920s, but very uh, voluminous coats and very beautiful sort of sweetheart sheath style dresses or it's a very simple and uh striking silhouette and I did it first I think
1: yes yes you did now to your cocktail making the next tweet which cocktail should I have on my live tonight Mm. champagne or my health and wellness cocktail which is Pedialyte Emergency and Tito's delicious (laughs) it sounds like a porn version of a screwdriver Kind of, yeah. Ooh, a lot more vitamin
2: C, a lot more electrolytes. Right. Um. So, Yeah. Uh. Once again, I. So, if I'm going to be doing a live on OnlyFans, I typically like to have a cocktail because I'm a lot more friendly. Mm, okay. I'm, a, I'm I'm a very uh, loosey goosey gal. I like to give them a show. Gypsy Rose Lee said, um, "Mama always told me make them beg for more, and then don't give it to them." But I'm not my mother. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. So uh, that's kind of my mo on OF.
1: So is this your own concoction, or is this something that you heard of?
2: I think my friend came up with it, or maybe I think during COVID, um, putting emergency and alcohol was really popular. And then on set, I've. Or not on set. I've, on set, I've heard performers say they've mixed together Pedialyte and alcohol. Obviously not while well, they're performing because that's not allowed. Right. But in general, it's a very popular thing to do. So I thought, why not put it all together? I don't even know if I came up with that. It's just something I do. It's yours. It's but... a little too sweet, honestly. It's very tart and sweet.
1: Yeah, I would think it would be. But we, I think we need to trademark this for you. Oh,
2: we're working on a lot of trademarks, actually. Don't you worry about that, my darling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the business course. Now, the last tweet I would like to ask you about. You wrote, can I do a trans remake of Dude, Where's My Car, Please? Thank you, universe. Now, this sounds brilliant. Oh my goodness.
2: And someone thought they were so fucking smart. And they were like, sorry, to they did it already. And they posted the video or the the cover of the DVD, and it said, Dude, Where's My Cunt? And it's just two trans women standing in a forest, like not even together. Like they were superimposed together on the cover. It was just so strange. Not very creative. Um, I haven't seen the film. Uh, Dude, Where's My Cunt? That is. Dude, Where's My Car is from my childhood, and I adore it. And I just watched it again for the first time that evening that I posted that. And it's written like a porn film. It really is. It's the jokes are so slapstick. It's like an oopsie scene on steroids and it's a fantastic concept. I think me and Emma Rose would be amazing in it. She's, uh, what's his name? The guy with the three names, Jason, Tyler, whatever, Dean Martin, whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, I'd be Ashton Kutcher because look at this jawbone, uh, right, exactly. and look at the cheekbones and, um, it would be fabulous, but you know, no one's bit yet. Unfortunately, uh, Maybe not unfortunately, but porn is very uh, cyclical. So right now, just what sells is POV, amateur, and uh, incest. So it's just a lot of like, oh, stepdad, stepmom, stepuncle, whatever. And that's just what we're focusing on. We will be getting back to parodies eventually is what I'm hearing, but I will just have to wait it out.
1: And when you do and you make this, you will win best parody of the year i have no doubt in my mind
2: and i'm sure that trans categories don't win that very often or trans films don't win that very often so that would be
1: pretty fucking dope too yeah oh for sure so we are firmly planted in 2023 what does the rest of the year hold in store for you is it just filming is it creative endeavors are you going to be doing any conventions what do you have going on
2: So no conventions planned yet. I will be going to X-Biz Miami again. I went last year and it was so much fun. So I'm going to be going to the pool party again. I have been working very hard on filming more studio work. I am very grateful that I think the performer of the year title has given me a little bit more of a push, a little more incentive for people to book me. So that's pretty great. Really working hard on being more active on social media. So that's been a very interesting challenge. Uh, Still in school. So going to be balancing that on top of everything else and still going to be making all of my own gowns for award shows. So we've already started, already started buying fabric. So that's very exciting. Got to challenge myself creatively or I will lose my fucking mind. So,
1: yeah. All right. So when it comes to your social media what is difficult for you? Because I know for me. I hate it. Right. <laughs> there are times where I just, I want to post something. I'm like, who cares?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'll i take a picture and I'll be like, oh, this will be great or whatever. And I don't take pictures of myself. So that's another issue. Same. So I'll be out with friends and we'll take pictures. And I'll be like, okay, I can post this. But I don't know when to post it. Or like, I, is it going to fuck up my feed? Is it going to look weird? Is it random? Are people going to be like, that was like two months ago. Like that's, it's not soon enough and not throwback enough. I don't know. I think about it too much. Then I just end up not posting anything. And that's once again, why I have like 15 posts on my Instagram. But, um, uh, yeah, there's a lot to it that I don't enjoy. I feel like it can be really toxic because the whole scrolling and it's bad for your eyes and your brain. And uh, there's a whole lot of downsides to social media. I'm personally on there because I'm really concerned about recipes and cats, you know, just doing shit, you know, falling children and um, old people, you know, yelling at everything. It, it all that brings me joy, um, and I make sure to follow things that do stimulate me creatively, that make me happy. Hence, Liza on my Twitter being referenced so often. Um, also, share. She's a delight on Twitter. She's a hoot and a half, but. um... Yeah, uh, social media sucks in a lot of ways, but it's also pretty fucking cool, too. So it's about balance. You know, that's life. You could say that about anything. It's all
1: about balance. Yeah. Uh, that I feel like a kindred spirit with your social media attitude. percent. <laughs> this has been. So much fun. I wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future. I know you're going to just continue to kill it. I can tell that you have the, the attitude and the energy that will just lead you into great places moving forward. Oh, thank you ever so you're a doll. Oh, thank you. So one more time before I let you go, can you please tell everybody where they could find your greatness online and on social media?
2: On Twitter, I am at Ariel Demure. On Instagram, I am at Ariel Demure. On OnlyFans, I am at Ariel Demure. We are working on a Pornhub page. I have a Reddit. I don't use it. I am at Demure. I have a Snapchat. I don't use it. Please don't message me on it. I probably won't respond. And if I do, I'll probably be rude. So it's just, it's not good for my business model. Um, message me on OnlyFans. I will be nice on there. And, uh, oh, is there another one? We're also working on just, like, diversifying the um, platforms for streaming content. So I'm working on maybe doing a just for fans. I like Dominic Ford. He's a cool guy. I've met him a few times. I want to do a, a, a fansly. I technically have a fansly. I've never posted anything on it. We'll get there when we get there. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of work. But that's where I'm at. Ariel Demure on everything. Google it.
1: Fantastic. So, one more time, thank you so much for this time, and I wish you nothing but the best.
2: Thank you ever so. You may take some uh, ibuprofen for your ears after listening to me.